When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hot bite with Hutton and Withrow underway on this Thursday edition. Glad you're with us at Outkick.com and across the Outkick network. Coming up, we've got Coach Lou Holtz an hour from right now. Plus, Ryan Leaf will join us on today's show. Chad, good afternoon. Hutton, let's bring the energy today. What is today? Thursday? It's the beginning of the weekend. Thursday means the beginning of the weekend on this show. So let's treat it as such. This is a big day. A day that is perfect to bang some hats, and that's what we're going to do for the next couple of hours. Can't wait. Lou Holtz, always a delight. Yes. Always a wealth of information. Can't wait to talk some ball with him. So Thursday, I mean, we're on the eve of right right before we will see the beginning of the end, the end of the regular season for the NFL, and we'll start to see all of the NFL interviews begin as Black Monday is just around the corner uh, right after the NFL wraps up the regular season that play on Saturday and Sunday this weekend. Um, Chad, we've discussed this quite a bit, and there's been a lot of discussion uh, across uh, the, the league with how many openings we're going to see. There are currently three we know of with interim posts right now. Over under eight openings, because we're going to see it's going to be more than what we have right now. I don't know necessarily if it's actually going to be as much as maybe many expect. I think it's actually less than eight. I think it's six or seven. With it's seven with a surprise that we did not see coming. There's always a surprise, right? I feel like there's always one that we're not quite looking at that becomes an opening. Maybe that's here in Nashville with the Titans would be one that I, I would say would be a surprise if that were to happen. Um, let's go down the list. Washington, I think, will be making a change. Washington and New England, for New sure. New England will be making a change. The Bears will not. That was one of the eight that we would have listed before. They, they seem to be okay with, with Eberflus there right now. How are we feeling about Arthur Smith's vote of confidence where he said as long as everything doesn't fall apart, Arthur Smith will be here? Have they won a game since he said that? I don't think so. They're 0-2 since um, he made that declaration, right? 0-2 or 0-3 maybe. So will Atlanta make a change? I think they are, despite the vote of confidence. I think they uh, Atlanta is going to be open regardless of what discussions have been made about Arthur Smith, if he's going to be back, if he's not, if Arthur Blank's patient or not. Here's the issue with Arthur Smith as the head coach in Atlanta. They've got to sell the Falcons, and they have a ton of talent on offense. They don't have their quarterback, but they have a ton of talent on offense, and they're not scoring points. I, I think that's that speaks for itself, and I think Arthur Smith is – is out come Monday, and we'll see that report. Uh, I think of the the vote of confidence coaches with, with it, it being uh, Eberflus, Sala, and Smith. I think Smith, uh, Arthur Smith, is the one who will not be back with uh, with his current team, despite the vote of confidence, or maybe halfway that we heard from Arthur Blank. So uh, there's one. Then there are up in the air, Tampa Bay with Todd Bowles with Tampa having a chance to win and get into the postseason this weekend. New Orleans with Dennis Allen. Same situation, same scenario for the Saints. 
And then there's a lot of buzz about Mike Vrabel. And it's more about whether or not he wants to be paired with general manager Rand Carthon than it is whether or not he's going to be fired. That's where, you, I mean, I don't see Titans ownership firing Mike Vrabel, who signed an extension last offseason, and they just paid their former general manager and continuing to pay him for the next four years after firing him eight months, nine months after giving him a four-and-a-half-year extension. Chad, I, I think there's one big scenario that comes in play if Rabel's... I don't think it's New England. And there's a lot of buzz about the Patriots, and there's a, lot, a ton of talk and sources. Uh, it's coming from the Crafts. I don't think it's necessarily Robert Kraft. I think it's his son, Jonathan Kraft. Um, they would love to have Mike Vrabel. I, I suspect Vrabel wants to go somewhere where he's winning. That's why he's so pissed off right now. The Titans, 11 losses right now, are as many as they've had since they went 3-13. and 13. That was 2015. He, he is desperate to win. He, he hates a losing season. This will be back-to-back seasons where we haven't seen them in the postseason. And I think the opening that would be one to watch is the shocker, and that would be Mike Tomlin. That All of a sudden, no one's talking about Mike Tomlin. But Vrabel was drafted by the Steelers, and that organization, I think, would feel the same way about him that New England feels. And it would take a trade. You would have to trade for him, or he's going to sit out the way, uh, the way we saw with Sean Payton. But I don't think Vrabel's necessarily threatening that. I think he wants to coach. I don't think he wants to sit out, and I don't think the Titans want to fire him either. I mean, he has say over whether or not the Titans are winning. I don't. I don't understand. He wants to go somewhere where they're winning. Well, well you're they're the about, head, they're you're about the to head rebuild. Coach. They should have re- started that process last. Yeah, offseason. I mean that. That to me would be Mike Vrabel. If, if that's the fact, if that's the case, he's saying everything that's gone on here is not my fault. The last two years, and I think that he deserves some of the blame for what's yeah. gone on with this but, team but the last two go, years. Let's go back to the story of he was paired with the general manager, and the the, the current reports are they don't get along. Yeah, the, the theory is they don't get along. Uh, Vrabel spoke on that locally in, uh, from Nashville and said, uh, yeah, I, well, I want to win. I, of course I want to be back. He wants to win with Rand. He mentioned Rand's name and some others in the front office. Maybe he said what he was supposed to say. or would, But he hasn't been talking about this for a few months. That would be the surprise, though. That would be a big surprise to me, too. Um, then you have... Pittsburgh, as you mentioned, would also be an enormous surprise. Then, uh, yes, yeah, I think so. I mean, they changed to Mason Rudolph, and all of a sudden they're they're winning games, and George Pickens is finding the football. Um, then you have that one in Seattle with Pete Carroll. There's all does he retire? Does he retire? And so that would be the extra opening. That would be another surprise. But too. that would not create another opening. I think the Pittsburgh job could create a ripple effect for another organization. But I still say I think it's less than eight. I, I would go six or seven. Are we both in agreement that Jim Harbaugh takes one of these jobs? I think Harbaugh is begging the Chargers to hire him. I think Harbaugh is the Chargers' next head coach. If I had to guess right now, I think that's the direction they go. I think it's – so they are the, – the Chargers organization with the Spanos, he's known they're, – they're known for not spending top dollar. You know, and that – say what you will, they didn't do that the last chance they had to hire a coach, right? Um are they going to do that here just to prove a point where you know, they, they've got a, a great quarterback who's right there on the cusp of hitting his prime and you want to take advantage of that? 
It's going to be an offensive coach. They're going to go the opposite of what they've just done. And uh, with Staley, he couldn't even get the defense right. But they have a lot of talent. They don't have a ton of cap space, but they have, a, they have, they have dudes on their roster. That's why Harbaugh wants it, and he also is, you know, is coached in San Diego and has ties out west. I, yeah, I think he wants that job. And I also think if they don't hire him, they'll go get Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator in Detroit. Here would be another thing on the surprise list for me. Is there a college head coach that no one's talking about that's about to make the jump to the NFL? That's not named Jim Harbaugh. Everyone's mentioning Jim Harbaugh to get back in the NFL. Is there a name that we're not thinking of? Ryan Day was one that people wanted to link with the Bears with Matt, Justin me, Fields. I think that makes a ton point. of sense. Uh, but Matt Eberflus is coming back for the Bears, it, it, it appears. so That's what they say. That's what the reports that's, say. That's what reports say right now. But that's if we go under the understanding that's happening, is there another opening where they go after a college name that we're not currently discussing? I, I don't know that there's an obvious one right now, but mark that in the list of possible surprises that we could see with this carousel. Yeah, and then that would leave two big openings if they're doing that in college football from the Power Five. Yeah, yeah and I know what you're saying. Like, it would be like a James Franklin type. Well, David Shaw was a name who always got mentioned for NFL jobs when he was at Stanford. I think he interviewed in Denver. Right now, year. it's just Jim Harbaugh. I mean, I, I think David Shaw maybe interviewed a, a couple of different places over that time. But you don't hear many other college names that get thrown out there uh, for NFL jobs. And normally, you don't see the success of those jumps. No. So, uh, yeah, I'm going with seven, and if there's a shocker, it'll be in Tennessee or potentially uh, with the rumors being true in Pittsburgh. But, again, that's all quiet. That's all quiet now uh, out in, uh, in Pennsylvania. Chad, uh, so we've got, we've got football in the South, and you have tons of rivalries. And for a long time, while we don't see many feuds now, that is – that was the lifeblood of college football. Are we starting to see that in hoops? Well, I think we need to see it. All right, we're entering a time of year now where college football has one game left. The NFL, full force right now, last week of the regular season, about to start the playoffs. Football's fine. Football's not going anywhere until, what, mid-February after the, after the Super Bowl is over. Then we get ready for the NFL draft. This is the window of the year. Now we're starting January 2024, where college basketball could be front and center for a lot of people. College football is still very much a regional sport in a lot of ways. There's regionality involved in alliances, in what you think about conferences, in teams that you hate or conferences you hate. A lot of that has been spurned on by the SEC and their dominance, quite frankly. The fact that we're going to see a non-SEC school win a national title for the first time since 2018 this year because Michigan and Washington's playing. A lot of the country loves that. But here's what a lot of people will not acknowledge about the SEC in regards to college football. The SEC is national. Everyone pays attention to the SEC. Southeastern football matters. It matters in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. It matters in Palo Alto's California. It matters in Seattle, Washington. It matters in Manhattan, New York City, New York. Matters everywhere. People pay attention. College football is the second most popular sport in America. And everyone pays attention to the top dog, the top conference in college football. That is the SEC. The Northeast could be the Southeast for college basketball. And here's what I mean by that. 
the Big East, the old Big East, old rivalries that we saw years ago that were heated that got markets like New York City and Philadelphia and Washington, D.C., they got them going. We need more Dan Hurley versus Rick Pitino is what I'm saying. Give me more of that. Rick Pitino threatening to move the game against UConn to Carneseca Arena, tiny on-campus arena in Queens, away from Madison Square Garden because he doesn't like Dan Hurley, because he doesn't like UConn fans taking over the garden when St. John's plays them there. Then Hurley coming back and saying, well, they haven't had a lot of success in the last 25 years, so everyone wants to punch up at us because we've done awfully well here at UConn. Give me more of that. Give me more college coaches that everyone knows. Give me more interest in major population centers across the Northeast into college basketball where the NBA is failing. And make no mistake about it, in many ways, the NBA is failing, and it has failed a lot of their fans. And that's why we got teams getting fined for violation of load management and participation in the NBA. Let college basketball rise. Our guy John Fanta would come on and give an impassioned speech about this. Let Rick Pitino versus Danny Hurley, let that flow. Let those rivalries get back to where they were before. I think that is something that's going to help all of college basketball and get people all over the country interested in Northeastern college basketball teams and not just regionally where they see their favorite teams right now, Hutton. Chad, also, like yeah, having, that, having that feud especially with these two coaches, the attention's perfect for them. Yeah. For both. Uh, because it's real. It's not, but, it's not, but it's not it's, fabricated. It's real. Yeah. It's, and it's, uh, it's programs that, you know, and, New York City is the mecca of college basketball in a lot of ways. When you look at it historically, it, it needs to get back to more of that where there are blood feuds between Seton Hall and St. John's or Georgetown, if they were good again. Yeah. When you get to Villanova, you know, they had one year where they weren't as relevant this past year. They're good again. Not like they went away for a long time, but Kyle Neptune's going to get it going there. The way Jay Wright did is what Nova fans hope. But when those programs are better, I think all of college basketball benefits from that. So, I really do. Um, and it also, I, how many commissioners – Unlike the SEC, wherever we when we saw uh, Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban get into it, right? There's no doubt that Greg Sankey stepped in. He did it publicly, but behind the scenes, probably even uh, tougher on like hey, rein it in. Uh, we didn't hear a, a lot of uh, Georgia or Alabama clamoring, and they were told to, according to reports, told to not uh, you know start stopping for um, the fact that they were left out of the college football playoff. Everyone's talking about Florida State, not Georgia, the number one team in the country who dropped out. Uh, unlike that, Chad, these coaches in particular, but many more, I don't know that if you have that ego in college basketball, I find that the personalities there aren't likely to uh, pipe down all that easy. No. Meanwhile, you know, it's uh, SEC football, just comparing the two, when it used to be heavy, heavy feud based, you know, Hatfield McCoy's. Now it's not really that. You know, you've had some, some coaches that jump around some, some coaches that have worked on staffs with other coaches that, that routinely are at the top of the conference. But by and large, there's not... When I, you mentioned uh, Patino, you mentioned Hurley, I'm thinking like not necessarily the same type of personality, but the same type of way of thinking 
like a Lane Kiffin that is willing to to prod and poke and be annoying, but a, a pest on purpose. And that's how you get the attention back to to your area. Kiffin's doing that in, in many ways, but he's also like up to the line. He toes the line based on the conference and the uh, commissioner. I don't think Patino or Hurley about to do that. Well, when we hear conference commissioners, we automatically think college football because in the that's news, right. that's all we're hearing about is the movement of college football and those big-time commissioners, whether it be a failure uh, in in um, uh, Tony Petiti, in uh, George Klyavikov, uh Tony Petiti, way more of a success than, than Klyavikov, or it's the, the power brokers that are out there uh, with the SEC and, and Greg Sankey. I had to look this up. Big East commissioner is Val Ackerman. Uh, she was named commissioner in 2013. She okay. has overseen the move to the basketball-only schools when other Big East schools went to go places for football purposes. And the current construction of the Big East is pretty good from a basketball perspective. And that's – I, I want to see more of these programs thrive. And I think the more programs you get thriving in these big markets, especially led by actual blood yeah. feud rivalries of big-time personalities – like Hurley, like Patino, I really think it's going to up the interest in college hoops. I love college basketball. I'm all in from the start of the non-conference and through now, now that conference play is everywhere, this is where it really starts to heat up. I think it could heat up on a national stage more if you had more interest in major media markets led by legitimate, not fabricated rivalries, feuds with men like Patino and Hurley. What you're saying that is, could drive the ship for a lot of other programs. The best, the best feud we had this season was Ryan Day and an 87 year old former coach Lou Holtz. Right, which we'll talk about with Lou Holtz a yeah, little bit later. Well, yeah, he's coming up uh, later in the show. But we need. I agree. Yeah, you, you don't. This is what college hoops needs. But yes. you need it uh, across the across the court. Down well, the the, the down Big the East tournament in Madison Square Garden. You know, for for years and years, appointment viewing. It's going to get back to that. And I think of Shaka Smart at Marquette, another great example. That's really good, yeah. Who's had some, some issues with other coaches also. Well, Penny Hardaway and, and Rick Barnes. Need, need more of that. I think the feuding helps. I, I really think, though, what we see with the SEC driving the boat in college football, I think some of those Northeastern powers, especially if it gets interest because of a feud, they can kind of help drive the boat in a lot of ways for, for college basketball. Not that the Blue Bloods are going to go away. No, Not that no, no. Duke and North Carolina and Kentucky, those Kansas, those schools are always going to matter. When it starts to matter more in huge population centers in the Northeast, for college hoops especially, if it starts to matter as much or more than NBA teams in those areas, everyone's going to benefit if you're a college hoops fan. Players can benefit by entering the transfer portal. No doubt. And Quinchon, Financially. Quinchon Judkins is the latest. I, I want to start by saying props to him for playing in the bowl game. All right? For yeah. Ole Miss. Uh, the star running back, the talented running back, is entering the portal. Announced today. And he is going to be... This story is one to watch. Because, Chad, I believe this is going to break the bank. And I don't think that it's going to be just hidden under either the surface of what the real number is going to be. So a third-round pick from last year, Tajay Spears... Third round pick in the NFL, same position running back, uh, was guaranteed $993,000 in the first, not just the first year of his contract, but over the course, but he got the signing bonus fully guaranteed. I think Judkins is about to make more than that. The timing of this by him is perfect. 
the timing aspect by the NCAA and what or what they're not doing is, is confusing and ridiculous with all of this. Again, props to the player for playing in the bowl game. But this is going to happen like that. Few and far between is when we'll see it. The, the aspect that I think where the system is broken is this idea that you have to have the player have a chance to enroll in the spring semester. Where all of a sudden, this is the only time academics is now brought up. APR for a, for a team that has five wins for one of their 85 bowl games, or because of the portal and the early signing period for high school, players want to get in and make an impression during the spring. But then they have the second signing period where that's not even brought up. That's not an issue whatsoever. And it creates all this craziness. And the second sign of the transfer portal is based on whether or not said player has his feelings hurt because he's not used all that much during the spring. This doesn't make sense from just a, uh, the, the way the mechanics don't make sense. And the money will speak for itself. Ole Miss is also a surprise to me and why he's leaving. Because Ole Miss has been at the top of the food chain in terms of headlines and players that come in to play and help Lane Kiffin's team improve for now a, a consecutive off seasons. And, well, the money's going to continue to grow. Juckins is just one of very many. But, Chad, we need a structure. And there has to be a solution for the opt-outs trying to figure out if they're going to play in a postseason game where there are millions upon millions of dollars being made. And right now, I mean, it's the, the, the money would be boasting if you get seven figures. When seven figures is something to yawn at, because of the postseason games that are being played, where this kid did play in, in, the, in the bowl game for Ole Miss. There, there has to be a system for the player, but also a system for the fan, because it's, it's out of hand, it's out of control, and I, I'm not against it. I'm all for it. I just want to believe in the fact that what you're invested in starting in August to September is going to pay off for fan bases in January, and it's simply not right now. Yeah, and look, I we'll, we'll talk to Coach Holtz about this later too. I, I I hate the fact that we're here, where every discussion about a player has to be just from a total selfish perspective, and there's really no consideration for team or commitment to team or any of that. So I, I'll echo what you said. Uh, kudos to Quinchon Jenkins for playing in the bowl game and honoring commitment to the team. I, I'd like to know when he knew he was going to be entering the portal. If this was something that happened after their win over Penn State or he knew all along he was going to jump in the portal, keep in mind he flirted with this a year ago. In fact, I think he either entered or it was reported he was entering, and then he put, pulled his name out of it and stayed at Ole Miss. So let's see where he ends up before making a total judgment on what's going on here. Here's my big question. Well, two of them. One, when did Judkins know he was entering the portal? Two, what is Ole Miss's strategy ultimately because if you're Ole Miss you got money to spend and you're spending it on guys from other places look at what they've done in the portal look at what they've done on the defensive line one of the best pass rushers from Tennessee gone to Ole Miss they paid him one of the best pass rushers the best pass rusher from Florida to Ole Miss yep. they paid him Walter Nolan from Texas A&M they paid him he's there they have completely refurbished their defensive line through SEC transfers in those guys aren't going there for free. So if you're paying money, why on earth would you not pay Quinshawn Judkins to stay and not go in the portal? 
So is this a calculated decision of how they're spending their money? They're saying, oh, we can't pay you what you're worth somewhere else only because we're paying these guys? Or did Judkins just want to leave no matter what? See, I think it's no more one about leaving. No one's going to get paid somewhere else. I think it's more about leaving and free agency and seeing what's out there to compare. I mean, again, you can you could still go back. Uh, but they brought back Jackson Dart. They they brought back, and he decided to stay. Trey Harris, wide receiver, decided to stay. So and they're, could they're be, paying their own. This could also be a jealousy issue where he's seeing what other guys are getting paid and knows that he's not right now. And like you said, Hutton, hey, I'll peek my head up in the portal see what's out there, and then see what my market value is, then go back to Ole Miss and see if they're willing to pay me what I feel I'm worth. Yep. And this, again, the fact we're talking about it, it's just the reality of the sport right now, I don't think is healthy for the sport in the long term. So we'll see how this story ends, but I, I don't love it. Well, he's uh, he's from Bama, so who knows. It, it, Ole Miss is going to be a top-10 program next season. I know that's... That's like, the other thing. With everyone coming back on that offense, with his quarterback coming back, with the defense going to be a lot better, with, for SEC standards, a weak schedule next year, this is a, a, a team that's in the 12-team playoff. I mean, so, I, don't, I don't think there's any doubt that is the goal going into next year. They could be competing for a national championship. So now is when you choose to leave Ole Miss, to go to Auburn or go to Alabama. Let's say he ends up back in his home state at an SEC school. It just... There's well, something that doesn't quite connect here with this decision. So here's the other thing. Uh, the Grove Collective is also you know, speaking on behalf of collectives on Capitol Hill here. It's not like they're, they're caught off guard with anything. No. So uh, Walker Jones would know the background and the story with all of it. I, I wonder, the, the way the NFL approaches the position is vastly different than what we see in college football. I wonder, though, if Ole Miss has more of that line of thinking where you don't invest so heavy at running back that you dismiss paying other players. Again, don't know. But this guy's a great, talented running back. And he's going. he would have been on a top-10 program. And again, he could always go back. But in the NFL, there are, what, five, six teams that truly invest in the running back position that pay premium price uh, with it being above $12 million, that doesn't always pay off. And you have new management that come in and they, they change their way of thinking because they came from somewhere that actually throws the football down the field. That sounds like what we're seeing with Kiffin. However, they ran the football extremely well. And I don't know why you wouldn't continue to do that, especially with uh, uh, plenty of pieces on the O-line and more. And it, look, it could be... You know, we could be looking at this way too deep, and it just could be, hey, I want to get back closer to home. Yeah. Or uh, there's, you know, a girlfriend that I want to go see. Or it could just be as petty as, I know what these guys are getting paid that are coming in here. I'm not getting paid that, so I'm mad and I'm hurt. And now I'm going to go somewhere else and get paid what I feel like I'm worth, which again leads us all back to the same conclusion that there's got to be some level of control. I hear people all the time criticize college football and say, well, it's just the NFL now. No, it's not. The NFL has rules. The NFL has a salary cap. All the NFL teams have to play within those rules. Yeah, There is no rules right now, none, in college football to really govern what's going on with pay-for-play, with NIL, with everything else. And coaches are just kind of left with a mess that they hope their collectives collectively clean up for them when they want to keep a guy happy, get a guy to transfer in, keep a guy from transferring, they turn to the collective to pay out what they feel is worth for that player 
And sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. But regardless, there's got to be some level of legislation and some rules for this, or it's just going to get worse and worse. Well, some, so it's also, it, I, maybe you just, maybe you do have a cap at certain collectives. Because uh, there's, uh, what's the cap for uh, what we saw from Caleb Williams? Well, everyone's cap right now is what they can afford. Well, that's what I mean. And what they can do. At certain programs, yeah. you, you still have a cap. It's not like, you know, at certain, certain points, you're going to stop having money continue to flow and don't everyone has a, a price that they're not willing to go to um Ole Miss for whatever reason is at the the top of that chain though right now there's a couple of examples so Caleb Williams is first up so we've got the former Heisman winner he's in a pit uh, his penthouse suite that you've got being tweeted by the, the Trojan football program how about that view not bad and uh, of course headed to the NFL but here's the thing uh they're doing that because they want the perception and the, you know, the 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 feel of him being a, a Trojan quarterback. Come here, not an you, NFL can have, quarterback you can have yet. this too. But how about Ole Miss, who had a a signee roll up to his signing day announcement in a Lamborghini? Uh, that's the other, same program. Again, I, I think this is more about Judkins than anything else. When you have Cameron Smith roll up in the Lamborghini to announce he's going to Ole Miss. Yeah, look, there's not endless supplies of money. These aren't the Saudis that are running college football right now where they can just pay whatever they want. But (laughs) Ole Miss, they they could – I'm telling you, you want to talk about a a 10-time straight national champion? If the the private investment fund or whatever it's called in Saudi Arabia decides to get involved in college football with one program, they're probably going to win a bunch of national championships. Ole Miss is not the program that we say, well, they don't have the money. Right, it's not right. limitless money. It's not. It's not unending. But they have the money, which raises the question to me: Why wouldn't you give that money to Judkins? Of all the players on your roster, if it's a money issue, which we don't know that it is, but if it's a money issue, that's a guy I'm paying to stay. Yeah. If I'm trying to piece together this gigantic jigsaw puzzle that's so hard to see the full picture, I'm looking first and foremost at keep my dudes happy. The guys who contribute to this program, who are good in the locker room, who produce and help us win, I want to make sure they're happy first. I don't want them in the portal. I don't want them leaving. If we got to give them a a bit of a bump in pay, let's do it. Let's go for them first and not go get other guys from other schools. We'll get those guys at some point, and we'll worry about that with holes we need to fill on the roster, keep our guys happy first. I don't know that that's Ole Miss's strategy. But it remains to be seen. We'll see how this turns out with Judkins. Maybe, just like last year, he flirts with the portal and comes back. Uh, now, what this is, every fan base that is close, close to being where they want to be, they want their team, their program to pony up and pay him. Yeah. You know? So it, it feeds itself. But in the, in the grand scheme, I think the Judkins is going to be, you're either going to, side with the player that deserves something and he's getting his, or you're going to side with the fact that you want what the old school approach was. But keep in mind, this is in no way close to what the programs are bringing in and what the NCAA is bringing in, a quote-unquote nonprofit. Yeah, let's show that penthouse one more time, by the way, of Caleb Williams. And as we're looking at this, let's do a little thought experiment. All the weird stuff with Caleb Williams throughout the season – I feel like in many ways can be explained when I look at this picture. Because I think about a college quarterback living in this penthouse in L.A. And I think, man, 
what are we creating? What are you creating from a personality standpoint when this is the expectation of a college quarterback? Now, I get he's a Heisman Trophy winner. I get that not every college quarterback is living this way. But what is the cumulative effect of that when you are trying to make your way? Getting to the NFL forever has been, I've made it. I'm a first-round pick. I got the fancy suit on. I'm doing a bro hug with Roger Goodell. I've made it. Looks to me like Caleb Williams made it already. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Looks to me like he's already made it. I, I just, again, it's it's every individual's different. Not everyone is going to be so pumped full of stuff in their head that it's going to affect how they play or what kind of teammate they are. You are what you are, and money makes you more of that a lot of times. I just, there's going to be, this is the cause, the money, the NIL, legislation, the Supreme Court ruling. What is the ultimate effect? I don't know that we've fully seen the ultimate effect but, yet. But what are we College creating? College football looks good right now. I don't know that it will for the next five years. But this is the 1%. This is the 1%. No doubt. Caleb Williams signed with a marketing firm last June that sent out a press release that said that they were going to make this the most unique NIL space for one player that anyone had ever been able to dream of. And you see him in commercials. This is way different than what you're going to get uh, across the top Power 5 programs. Yeah, and look, it is the 1%, but it's the 1% we're talking about that's going top 15 in the NFL draft. Yeah. So what is that 1%? What is Caleb Williams now become in the NFL? Well, what is... Now that he's already made it, he's going to make it to a different level in a few months when the NFL draft happens. Right. But what are we contributing to bust in the NFL draft at some point? And again, this is we're not going to know right now. We can look at it and say, well, I turn on my TV... And the college game looks fine. It does. I'm with you on that. I love it. Yep. The, the quality of play is just fine. But is it always going to be that with NIL? I don't know. I, I, don't, know, I don't know what Caleb Williams turns out to be. I, I don't know how hungry Caleb Williams is right now well, for NFL success. But I, that's, I don't know. That's Caleb Williams, though. That's on Caleb Williams. That's Ag- not agreed. on the system. Agreed. But yeah. I don't think the system helps. But the system I don't think the a, system is helping him be hungrier for well, NFL success. The system is helping Drake May. The system is helping. I, I don't. I don't Jackson know that. Dart. I don't know that. I, well, he's let, getting paid when he should get. I, paid. I know, but let's watch Drake May in the NFL. Is he a bust? But it's not about the NFL. Did he get paid before and that? I don't care what he. I don't want to predict what he does in the NFL to determine where he should live and what he should I'm get paid in college football. If college for the billion dollar business are getting penthouses in LA and making yeah. more than Brock Purdy and some of them. Is it going to negatively affect those guys' mentality when they get to the NFL? And the answer is, we don't freaking know. Okay. Because we don't know yet. So I'm not factoring that in then, if well, we don't I, know. I'm, gonna, I'm asking the question. That's what we do on the show. We ask questions. I'm saying no. I'm saying five years from now, if there's more Caleb Williams and less Michael Penix Jr., because I think he's going to be a hell of an NFL quarterback. So, I don't know that. But if there's more of those guys and less – of the guys that are but, hungry, okay. it's not been a, it's not Did been Johnny a net Manziel positive for the NFL. Did Johnny Manziel hurt his brand in the NFL? No. No, Johnny, Johnny Football is Johnny Football. He's less than the 1%, though. But He's but, less than the 1%. Caleb Williams can write anything on his fingernails he wants to and create his own brand, uh, it, it, and people will talk about him now. I mean, again, uh, you can have Colin Kaepernick say anything in the world, and OutKick will cover it and give him air, oxygen. We will talk about the controversy, and we're not going to talk about Drake May. 
So, I mean, as far as branding, there's a reason why he's partnering with a marketing and a communications firm and not an agent. Drake May, to my knowledge, his ultimate goal is to be a damn good NFL quarterback. Why do I believe that? Because I don't hear anything from Drake May. I don't hear anything from him. I, okay. I don't see his penthouse. I don't see any of that. I don't know if you're getting I, that where he's I, I think when you goal. give someone the world at 17, 18, 19, 20, and for years and years, the ultimate goal has been be a top five NFL pick and go win Super Bowls. If they suddenly start to feel like they made it in college, then I don't know that that's going to help them as a pro. But, we'll see. Maybe, maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe everyone is who they are no matter what. Johnny Manziel was always doomed to fail right. in the NFL. Regardless, I, I just want to see how this thing plays out. I mean, uh, Joe Burrow enters the portal and he becomes Joe, uh, you know, Joe Cool. Jake Locker is, you know, uh, your typical college quarterback, and he wanted nothing to do. He was quiet. It, it, again, I, I, what I know is Caleb Williams is successful right now. Uh, is the fact that he's in L.A. at a, a I mean, for, is this staged? I mean, again, like it's all a marketing gimmick for USC more than it is for Caleb Williams. I, honestly, in this photo, I'm surprised the room is so empty. That's yeah, that's I, that's the thing that I take away from it. It looks like uh, like uh, somewhere you would go for a reality show that's on uh, real estate, you know, out for Bravo or whatever. It looks like a, a staged apartment or a condo more than it does a, a college kid's place to live. I'd be hesitant to draft Caleb Williams. Uh, I, yeah, I'll, but it's not I'll because of that. where he lives. It's, it, it's no, who he is. No, but I think part of it is the fact that I don't know that he's truly ever faced adversity. Um, he was a star his freshman year at Oklahoma. He followed his right. coach out west. I mean, Joe Burrow is a good example. Joe Burrow couldn't start in his home state school, so he left uh, Ohio State. Yeah. And, you know, he – uh, that that's one that I'm okay. I can see the drive there. I, but Trevor Lawrence never faced adversity. Every, everyone's different. Look, everyone is is a different. I didn't see Trevor Lawrence's penthouse. But uh, I, they have but it's not the Clemson, penthouse that, that creates that though. I mean, it, the reason why I wouldn't draft Caleb Williams is not based on where he lives. I think it could create could create that monster in some. But he's already. But I've already determined whether or not I would invest in him prior to seeing the photo. I didn't factor I, in any of that. I would factor it in with him. But you didn't need I, it to I, determine I, this. I factor, if I'm, if I'm using a top five pick on a quarterback, I right. factor in their drive and determination right. and their level of, of hunger. No, no doubt. And I, I, I would you factor would already, in that they've been handed all that. But and you that's would one of the questions I'd this. ask him. You would already know this. I mean, last June, well, I, we I knew what he signed for. Yeah, I'm saying I don't. Yeah, I, I'm giving you my advice if I'm a GM and what I would do. But you also ask him questions about that as well. He's got investments with uh, what Ion Water and other things too. His list of uh, his list of clients here on this thing is crazy. From the article, well, the look, if I'm, um, that, I'm saying I, like there are a lot of people who are investing. In here's it. what I would caution: it's not just football. And I know the USC wants this out there because uh, look at this: you can yeah. come here and live the life right in LA and be in this penthouse. If I am negatively recruiting USC. I'm telling somebody, yeah, go to USC, win nothing as a team, well, and and have some money and have a have a penthouse because that's who they are. They go right. there, they get paid. You're going to get paid here too, if you're a top program. But we are about the ultimate goal of winning a national championship. May not work, may not work at all. 
Why did that A&M class not work where they paid all that money out and gave everyone everything they wanted? All I'm asking is it's not just the NFL that has to choose whether or not they're going to invest in Caleb Williams. Again, we're talking about one player instead of college football. So you have to wrap your head around what we're actually seeing, and it doesn't represent college football, no matter what the clickbait BS might be about. But I'll tell you who did invest in Caleb Williams and who still does. Neutrogena, Fanatics, Beats by Dre, AT&T, PlayStation, Dr. Pepper, uh, Athletic Brewing Company, United Airlines. I mean, the list goes on and on and on, and he had this at 21. So uh, he had the penthouse, and it's being used as a marketing gimmick right now more than it is to boost the player. Yeah. And, and Otherwise, you know, he'd, uh, he'd be flashing the, you know, an F-bomb or something at a fan right now. Yeah, it's another reason I wouldn't draft him with a top pick. Now, if he goes the second round, I'd think about it. But that's about it. <laughs> Give him the, the Levis treatment? Will Levis, see, I, see, Will I, Levis good as a second round pick, not as a first round I, pick. I, I, honestly, I, don't, I wouldn't want to deal with his dad. Who's like, I, try, I, I mean, the, the whole, the, the idea that he could ask for uh, a piece of a, the team... All it takes is a Google search to realize you can't do that in the NFL. You can't do that right now. That's why Brady can't even buy in right now to the Raiders because of the fear he's going to come out of retirement. Well, look, I mean, it's not just Caleb Williams. Too. I got issues with Caleb Williams on a number of fronts, also with the fingernails and, and everything right. else. I mean, I'd ask the same question to Arch Manning if I'm an NFL team, right? Hey, boy, you've had a lot of success. Your family's had a lot of success. How are you feeling? You hungry? You ready to go and follow in your, uh, your uncle's footsteps? It's a great one, too. And be a his, solid NFL quarterback? His family also uh, dictated where he went and played pro football. Yeah, and his family handles his NIL, yep. which I don't think he fully even knows how much he makes in NIL. His, his dad handles that for him. So these are questions I would have. My point is we are cre- the system is creating a number of guys, especially at quarterback, that are going to at least have the perception of having made it already before they get drafted in the NFL. Caleb Williams, great example. You mentioned all of his endorsements. That's part of it too. So does that trigger a few of those quarterbacks to not be fully invested and fully ready to go and hungry when they get to the NFL? I don't know. It's probably up to the psychology of each of those quarterbacks. And that's part of the guessing game the NFL has to go through every year at this time. Yeah, a coach will be fired in the NFL. Eventually, it'll be based on the quarterback play and whether or not you've got the right guy. But one of the guys on the hot seat for next year is going to end up buying in and being all in on the talent of Caleb Williams. Lincoln Riley got a Heisman out of him. Didn't get much else. Lincoln Riley's pretty good at producing Heismans. Not as good at producing no. national titles just yet. Uh, Lou Holtz or, joins or us. semifinal wins. Coming up at about 20 minutes or so. Uh, one big thing on every NFL game, playoff scenarios and the top games. Uh, some of them are with your average run-of-the-mill team right now. And there's another one, a big one, on Sunday Night Football that will lead us to the AFC East title game. That's straight ahead on Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Sixth and Peabody, our location with the hot beer and old smoky moonshine. I'm out with Ed Withrow rolls on here on Outkick. We've got uh, Lou Holtz who will join us coming up in 15 minutes or so. Uh, and a bit later, Ryan Leaf will be on the program. Uh, right now, shop.outkick.com. You can get all the gear. Shop.outkick.com. You get the polos, T-shirts, hats, and more. Shop.outkick.com. Chad, um, week 18, for the, I don't know if it was a, a while or not, but week 18 was kind of a bore when well, everyone resting players. I think coaches have kind of flipped their mindset somewhat. On it, Kyle Shanahan said he doesn't really want to do that. He wants to get some players involved. Others are willing to do it for a couple of weeks if they got the number one seed. They don't care about the momentum. They want to ensure that they're going to be rested and healthy compared to their opponent. Um, well, it's not necessarily heavy rest across the league, but there's plenty of teams that have nothing to play for in Week 18. Some really good matchups as well. It's time for one big thing on every NFL game. And we start with uh, just a weekly note that uh, there are nine teams that have clinched postseason play. That means there are five playoff spots right now that are up for grabs. And it begins on Saturday. Baltimore hosting Pittsburgh. John Harbaugh, speaking of rest, he's going to rest his elite talent. That means that we'll see Huntley start at quarterback. And then for Pittsburgh, all of a sudden, there's not a ton of buzz about Tomlin not being there a year from now. Now, 17 consecutive seasons where he has not had a losing season. Last week's victory ensured that. And they still have a chance to, to be a wildcard team. And we'll be doing it behind Mason Rudolph and George Pickens, who is no longer a, a malcontent behind the scenes. And rest up for Lamar Jackson. Regular season, he's been fun. He's had a lot of success. The, the Ravens are 4-1 and one against teams with at least 11 victories in the regular season this year. Their average margin of victory against those teams, 27 points. But he's 1-3 in the playoffs as a starting quarterback. Three touchdown passes and three interceptions. Also Saturday, Colts and Texans. This is uh, very simple. where And it's very simple for each team. Win and it's a, it's a possible division title. Or you're going to go to the wild card spot. If you lose, you're going home. And the Colts, they won this earlier matchup in Houston, and they've won their past three home games. The Texans, they're getting C.J. Stroud back at the perfect time. I love a good lose and your season is over type yeah. consequence game in the NFL. Yeah. That's always fun. On Sunday, Titans are hosting Jacksonville with a win here in Nashville. Jacksonville clinches the AFC South title for the second straight season. Uh, expect Trevor Lawrence to play on Sunday, but... He's got to protect the football. Jacksonville had committed 10 turnovers in their previous four games. All four of those were losses. And this past Sunday, they didn't turn the football over at all. And Chad, C.J. Beathard was playing. C.J. Beathard uh, played his high school football right down the road at Battleground <laughs> Academy. Hutton, that's an ode to one of our old friends. Yes. Uh, Trevor Lawrence banged up. That's kind of the scenario across the board. Uh, for many of these teams currently. Uh, Falcons and Saints, jobs on the line. Atlanta's going to clinch the NFC South title with a win, plus a Tampa Bay loss. 
The same goes for New Orleans. Bucks are taking on the Panthers, and if the Buccaneers and Saints, uh, excuse me, Bucks and Panthers, they got a, a spot here where if the Bucks win, they're in. They know that, and at least Carolina's playing at home, Chad. If David Tepper chunks a drink into the stands, chances are it'll be it's just at, a at seat. one of his own. It'll be at one it'll of his own fans yeah. that um, is chanting "sell the team" to him. That's who will be chucking yeah. the drink at. Uh, good news for the Bucks; they're playing the Panthers. Uh, Browns and Bengals. Joe Flacco, thirteen touchdown passes in five games. The Jets quarterbacks combined have twelve. Crazy, and they passed on him. I have a really hard time when two teams face off of different shades of orange, like Cleveland Browns yeah. and Cincinnati Bengals. You see it here on this graphic that well, it's just go very white uni. difficult for me to get past when it's two different shades of orange going head to head. Not always the most aesthetically pleasing look on a football field. Uh, not aesthetically pleasing the offenses for the next matchup, Patriots and Jets. This could be, and it will be, Bill Belichick's final game as the head coach of the New England Patriots. Think about Brady. Brady went out in New England throwing a pick six. People thought he was done. Going out the same way here for Belichick in many cases. Uh, in many ways. He's playing at home. He's playing the Jets. And New England, they've beaten New York 15 straight times. Late afternoon, Seahawks and Cardinals. Seattle among the teams that are trying to capture the final wildcard spot. They need to win in Glendale. And then they hope that the Packers lose to Chicago. That gets them in. Arizona just went to Philly and won. Kyler Murray, don't look now, but he's actually looking like a quarterback that was worth investing in. That's because the quarterback coach and Murray, they've clicked. Israel Wolfolk is his name. And he's done a nice job with Murray. Uh, and Murray's giving him credit. You've got Murray coming off the ACL. He's learned a new system. They tweaked some things, tried to simplify some things. He bought in based on Wolfwork uh, helping him out. Bears and Packers. By the way, we I, I didn't have a chance to talk about this with you yet, Hudson. Yeah. One of the more surprising losses of the season yeah, it was. was Philadelphia finding a way to lose yeah. to Arizona I lost this past my, weekend. That, pick and pull too. that shocked me. Uh, oh, well, not shocking to, to get the best out of Kyler Murray. Wolfwork actually, uh, he earned his master's degree in sports psychology while he was a graduate assistant in Miami of Ohio. So he did both while he was getting his start at coaching. Both a gentleman and a scholar. He is. This is what I just heard. He is, and a, a solid coach. Uh, Packers and Bears, over his last seven games, Jordan Love, 16 touchdown passes, one interception. Green Bay 5-2 and two throughout that stretch. And they're a win from the playoffs. Chicago, number one team in, uh, number one team in uh, uh, April's draft picking. And maybe they go with Caleb Williams. I mean, you, maybe they choose to stick with Justin Fields, though. Justin Fields, 5-3 and three is the Bears starter. His previous 12 starts, all losses. Lions and Vikings, the division already wrapped up for Detroit. And they can't finish any better than the third seed in the NFC. Speculation about whether Dan Campbell is going to rest starters or not. Uh, no, he's not going to. He put that to rest on Monday. Vikings defense, they've allowed at least 27 points in each of their last three losses. And allowed 30 plus in their last uh, two games. Not good. By the way, Detroit, they averaged 31 points per game at home. Good luck, Minnesota, playing the starters in Detroit. Uh, Chiefs and Chargers, Kansas City's defense, they continue to lead this team to wins. And it's not the offense. It's January 4th, 
Travis Kelsey has not scored a touchdown since November 20th. Chargers, an obvious fit for Jim Harbaugh. That'll be the storyline if you're talking L.A. Blame Taylor Swift, everyone. Blame Taylor Swift. We all know who the culprit is here. It's Taylor. They sucked before we knew she was there, Chad. I know. They were losing to Detroit well before that time. Hey, he stopped scoring touchdowns, though, the moment she started showing up. I guess he did score a couple there. Yeah, she enough to stick around, right? I do like the, the, I mean, it's a total joke, but that she's the Yoko Ono of the Kansas City Chiefs dynasty, that she came in and immediately upsets everything. Yeah, I, I wish it, you're saying Jackson Mahomes isn't the Yoko Ono? Jackson Mahomes, uh, uh, free man. Charges dropped. <laughs> he's fine. I think he's he's good. Make some more TikTok videos, Innocent. Jackson. Let's go. Innocent. I think they need to cut to Jackson more than Taylor. Maybe the Chiefs would win more often. About the OJ stories. Him doing the selfie TikTok videos <laughs> in, a, in a suite next to Taylor Swift. That's what America really wants to see. Raiders and Broncos. Jared Stidham uh, takes on Aiden O'Connell. Congrats, NFL fan base. Hey, it looks like Antonio Pierce is going to keep his gig and stick around as the head coach of Vegas. That's the buzz, those that are covering the team. Uh, Stidham is the 12th quarterback to start a game for Denver since the 2016 season. Giants and Eagles, Philly has lost four of their last six games. Only one team has lost the Super Bowl in the past 30 years and then returned to the Super Bowl the following year. That was New England in 2018 with TB12. And give... Feed A.J. Brown the football. Philadelphia is 12-1 when A.J. Brown scores a touchdown. They are 13-7 when he doesn't. Far too many games where he doesn't. Commanders and Cowboys. Well, the Cowboys, they hit the road. They're 3-5 there this season. The Commanders, they will hit the road to the offseason after this game. And uh, Chad will see a new head coach there, too. Ron Rivera is going to be gone. I wonder uh, the other former head coach for Dallas, Dan Quinn, their defensive coordinator, he has been very patient looking for the job. He took his name out of consideration last year. He's been the defensive coordinator for three years. I think he lands a gig somewhere. I don't think it's working uh, with uh, Washington or uh, with uh, maybe an opening that could uh, try to interview him, which would be Carolina. Not not fits for him, I don't think. Uh, Rams and 49ers. LA needs their uh, sixth win in their last seven games. If they do that, they'll be in the playoffs. I'm. St- this is the best story no one's talking about. LA. They're supposed it's, to suck. It's crazy that they're relevant. And I'm still having a hard time yeah. understanding that they're right there this season. It's it's nuts. Yep. And uh, Christian McCaffrey he, uh, tweaked a, a calf muscle, I believe, last week. They're lucky that they're not playing next week. They've got the bye. Uh, they'll rest up Christian McCaffrey for the postseason. And then Sunday night football. The AFC title game. Dolphins hosting Buffalo. If the game ends in a tie, Miami gets the division. They'll get the nod. Uh, the Bills can lose. They can still have a possible wild card spot. Uh, Tua has a shoulder issue, I believe, or a quad issue. He's going to play in the game. And uh, as for Buffalo, communication issues last week, uh, even with the offensive line and Allen. Allen admitted they were lucky to win over New England. Diggs has not had a 100-yard receiving performance. And he has not had a, a touchdown, or excuse me, receiving yards of 50 or more yards. Uh, this is now it's going on since week six. Wow. It's been some time. Not hearing much from Diggs and, and Allen. We didn't, we heard more about the offseason spat during. We certainly did. Mandatory minicamp. Uh, the Buffalo defense, past six games, only the Eagles were able to put up more than 22 points on the Bills defense. Since week 13, 
their defense has allowed one passing touchdown. Now they get Tua and the arsenal of Miami. Of course, Waddle's banged up. Tyreek Hill, he's been banged up, but he's playing. And, well, Buffalo won this game, I think, by 18 points the previous previous matchup earlier in the year. So, Armando Salguero not with us today? No. Right? Not going to be joining us? I, I, I had a little stat that I'd like to throw out to yeah, him. That the Minnesota Vikings uh, were 3-2 and two in games that Josh Dobbs played in. They were 0-3. Since benching Josh Dobbs. And they're going and back I to Mullins. Count wins as a quarterback stat. So I what? just would like to put that out there with Why all wouldn't the, they play him? With all the fun being made of, of Dobbs by Armando, that team has not won since. Is there some crazy bonus or something by so many starts or something? I don't know. Look, Dobbs is bad at the end of his oh, starting yeah. tenure but there. We can get it. But I mean also to act like because he threw high over the middle. <laughs> That he's the first guy to ever do that, and a, a receiver gets hit hard, well, and he needs to get you know kicked this, out of the league for doing that is also a little bit ridiculous. Well, this is like yeah, the the Broncos saying that Wilson gives uh, Wilson to the bench gives them the spark because they're going Jarrett Stidham. It, the the further version of this going to Nick Mullins uh, is going back to Nick Mullins is not the answer either. Well, I, I to me point. Dobbs is the ultimate spark guy. Yeah. So they could they, have easily that. gone back to him for a spark again after yeah. they benched him there and a, started someone else. There's and they're a crazy not scenario, but they could make the playoffs. Well, they need to start Josh Dobbs if they well, want they, to do that. Well, they also need like I'm, I'm, four other things to I'm happen. I'm giving you the route right now. Just say there's a chance. I'm giving you the route, Kevin O'Connell. Here's how you launch yourself into the playoffs. Put, it begins by not starting Nick Mullins and not trying to quarterback sneak twice with him. To get a big first down, it begins with Joshua Dobbs. You put in the Pastronaut. Yes. You, you bring in Astro Dobbs, <laughs> and he'll take care of the rest. We He will launch you clear into space, and that space yeah. would be the NFL playoffs. <laughs> we talked uh, to the coach. Coach Lou Holtz joins us next to Hot Mike. <laughs> 